You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is Danko Mancheski, CEO of Refinance. This episode is brought to you by the Bitcoin.com exchange, the exchange you can trust. Buy and sell Bitcoin as well as 250 digital assets. The Bitcoin.com exchange is secure, fast, easy, and reliable. Register within seconds and buy crypto with a credit or debit card. Join our community of traders now. Exchange.bitcoin.com. I'm your host, Dustin Plantle. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest. Welcome to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a yeah. pleasure. Now, thank you so much for coming on, Denko. I mean, the world of DeFi, you know, it's, it's a term that seems to be gaining more traction. Tell us more about DeFi. Sure. So uh, there, there are multiple ways. How does one interpret DeFi? Uh, because it's like a very like new landscape. It's uh, it's uh, different people have different opinion of what exactly it is. I have my my own opinion, and uh, you know DeFi stands for decentralized finance. So I call it DeFi. Basically, what the internet did to the computer. That's why DeFi does to traditional finance. Uh, you know, like how computers at the beginning we were like fully centralized and locked in. And when the internet came, like so many opportunities happened. I don't think now people know how to use their computer without an, in an internet because there's That's nothing true. to do. Yeah, you, you do get bored and, fairly quickly if you don't have access to, to Wi-Fi or some other internet connection. Exactly. And you lose a lot of features. So in 10 years from now, like people would be like, oh, how, how did we have our money locked in into some bank? Like, oh, wow, that was... Uh, that was weird. That was pretty archaic, so wasn't it? Like there was a time where you had to wait for them to be open to go get your money out. Exactly. Exactly. So what, what DeFi does is basically all of those financial primitives, we call them financial primitives. They're like building blocks of the whole financial industry. We're basically taking them to a different, to a different level. Like for the first time ever, we can uh, properly innovate the financial sector. Now, why was DeFi needed? I mean, was the current system in place, was it fractured? Was it broken? Yeah, sure. So basically, they're, they're like in, in the tech uh, landscape in general, there are like two industries which are moving very slow. And all of that is happening due to like a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of politics, a lot of lobbying and so on. So the two of them are like finance and healthcare. So th those are the, the slowest moving industries in the whole technology landscape. And... Uh, there are like a lot of decent startups that try to do like like uh, and innovate those landscapes. So some of them like TransferWise and all of those like online banks like Revolut and so on. But it's very limited because you have like these complex layers of well-established huge players which are deeply involved like into politics and entrenched everywhere. And it's very hard to like steer the boat to another direction. And now with DeFi, we got basically the opportunity, the whole tech la like landscape got the opportunity to finally be able to incorporate all the like newest technologies in order to allow the users and open doors for like more innovative financial uh, building blocks or financial primitives as we call them. So that, that's what DeFi is about. Now, what got you into the space? I mean, what made you say of all the companies of all the things I'm going to do, and I'm a pretty smart guy, I'm going to start a company called Reef Finance. Sure. 
So uh, let me tell you a bit about my background. Like I have a have a tech background. Uh, I started uh, programming in early high school. Started with C Did some algorithmic competitions. Then moved to enterprise. Then healthcare. And around five and a half years ago, I discovered crypto. I got into it. I started like investing myself, and I started blockchain development myself. And over time, I got like more and more involved into uh, like finance. So I read like a lot of books on like traditional uh, investing. A lot of uh, 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 you know, books as well as hands-on uh, programming with like accounting and, and and stuff like this. So more and more, like the the finance part was like taking more of my time. Uh, but I was obviously like I'm still passionate for uh, for programming and for technology. So the crypto landscape was kind of like a natural transition for me because this was the only landscape where I could do like both of those things at the same time. Uh, otherwise, it was kind of like fragmented. And uh, that's how I got in. And uh, yeah, we did analytics last year, uh, which is uh, uh, basically like extracting different metrics about the whole landscape, working with different funds. Uh, and uh, uh, at the beginning of this year, we, we, we decided like I have a team of very great engineers decided to fully focus on DeFi because we, we believe that this is the landscape where we can express all of ourselves to the, to the highest level. Now, who's your ideal customer? So um, uh, the ideal customer for Reef is the uh, average retail investor. So, uh, yeah, our focus is uh, B2C, basically everyone who wants to get into this uh, DeFi landscape. And our goal is to allow them to get into this landscape with the lowest possible technical barrier of entry. Interesting. Now, in terms of partnerships, I mean, how do you decide of all the partners out there and then also Polkadot. What what really pushed you to choose them as your? I'm going to assume like your back engine. Sure. So uh, basically, the the reason why we chose Polkadot is because they have this uh, we call it like interoperability layer, as, and this is basically the technology which will allow all the blockchains to communicate between themselves. And at that point, the whole uh, crypto blockchain landscape can be basically merged into a single ecosystem. And this way, the whole thing can innovate faster uh, because there are no fragmentations and teams can focus on on what's best, basically uh, what's needed and so on. Because right now you have this fragmentation where you have like multiple different, like some bigger, some smaller ecosystems that are fragmented and they're building basically the same thing like multiple times with like a little like a little difference differences. And Polkadot allows basically to merge those ecosystems together. And why we cho- chose this, uh, we believe the DeFi landscape will basically like spill over to more uh, ecosystems. Currently, it's uh, mostly on Ethereum. And uh, as uh, you know, different blockchains have uh, different advantages for different uh, uh, building blocks or financial primitives. And we want to have the advantage to offer our users access to this landscape uh, fully, which means they will be able to access multiple ecosystems through Reef. Now, how do you make it so people can understand it? I mean, people that are new to the world of cryptocurrency, it can be pretty complicated, very confusing. Now, while your ideal customer is those on the retail side, the retail type investor, still, how do you find a way to dumb it down? Now, this is my words, not yours. How do you make it so someone like Dustin can understand it? Sure. So um, our goal is to be able to onboard a non-crypto user. And uh, we have like an onboarding experience where we like, uh, have uh, some form of like a poll where the user answers few questions and our goal is to be able to onboard like my mother she is like a very light 
you know, computer user, she can maybe input her credit card after three tries. So that's that's our end goal to be able to onboard these kind of users. And um, to the, the best analogy that I can give you is uh, something like Robinhood. So what Robinhood did in the traditional financial landscape, they abstracted away the in the, the the necessity to interact with complex like technologies such as order books from like big uh, brokerage like they they removed all of that and just with few simple clicks based on your risk level so you you'll be like hey i want to be super aggressive in this landscape i know that i can lose my money like you have to make sure that the user understands the risk and based on the risk levels we will just basically just one slider where they choose the risk level the amount of money that they want to invest and with just one click, they're exposed to to basically the the returns that uh, that this landscape offers. Interesting. Now, what did it take to get here? I mean, the moment you had this this crazy idea of I'm going to start this company. I mean, how many hours does it take? How many developers does it take? And and what do you learn along the way? Sure, sure. Why not? So Reef Reef was the, the idea from Reef came from like multiple basically iterations on it. So it was not an idea that just came out of the blue. Uh, as I mentioned, like uh, last year, we did uh, mostly analytics and analytics was a B2B business model. So we were working with uh, different uh, hedge funds. We were providing certain metrics for them, which we were extracting from different data sources. And what the hedge funds did, what our clients did with those metrics is basically they based their decisions based on based on this. So these are some special insights that the average user does not have access to because they usually cost a lot of money to acquire. And just like in the traditional financial landscape, we have like retail investors, which they do not have access to like those complex machine learning tools, which uh, big hedge funds do have, uh, which like very like talented engineers and a lot of money needs to be needs to be put. Uh, and uh, so the retail investors right now have access to only the media, which can be like very manipulative from like, insights as well as like market point of view. So we decided to bring those very important tools to the average retail investors, pack them into a very usable product, like abstract away all the complexities and just turn it into a simple, simple, basically like uh, experience for them to, to participate in this, uh, in this landscape. Uh, fascinating. And from a regulatory side, you know, talk about that. What's it like from a regulatory environment? Sure. So, um, uh, with Reef, the, the situation is the following, like, uh, we are, we are not, uh, so we, since we had experience with like many like start, uh, startups before we, we were basically like, uh, the development department for other projects as well. We've seen like, uh, we've seen like a lot of mistakes that, that startups did. And what happens with Reef is we, um, through, throughout these years, we managed to create our own framework for validating like our product and iterating. Uh, so um, what happens is right now our product is for the current landscape and we assume that in the future or in the very near future regulations will come and we are positioned in a way where we will be able to adapt our product based on this. So I think what what great like, uh, uh, you know, a CEO is, is someone who can see like few years ahead of time and try to, you know, at least come up with a plan, how does one adapt and steer their company based on those regulations. So uh, we already like uh, have a plan how to do this with Reef. Uh, we don't want to collect the user's data. So we, all, we are building some relayer where, you know, we will just relay or we'll be just the middleware between the providers that require KYC, 
for example, like the liquidity from centralized exchanges will most likely require KYC after a certain threshold. And we're building this uh, basically like a relay uh, engine, which uh, we will very easily uh, get you the KYC done. So it's not going to be like a barrier of entry as well. So you plan on embracing it. I mean, you're, you're not an organization that's looking to to fight governments around the world. You're looking to say, we're, we're not the bad actors. We're those that are coming in. We want to do it right within the framework uh, that is provided. Does that sound right? That's correct. Yes. We want we want to like basically like follow the, the regulatory because we, we believe that it has certain advantages. There are like certain actors that basically by doing certain things are ruining the reputation of the landscape. And I think over time, uh, if certain regular, like re- regulation is not bad up to certain degree. Uh, and I feel like, uh, you know, the current, the current like abilities of the regulatory or of the possible uh, regulations can only regulate it up to a point where it makes sense. And they have to kind of understand and be happy with that level of regulation because after a certain threshold it's just impossible to fully regulate it and which is basically just one mechanism how this landscape will protect itself of becoming you know uh, just like the traditional financial sector bureaucracy and uh, and politics that and it so happens on. in every <laughs> you name it anywhere around the world you're going to have those hiccups now defi you know they're while we have a lot of people that tune into the show or are new to crypto, we also have the veterans that some of them are starting to say that DeFi is this big bubble, that, that DeFi is going to pop. I mean, you've built your business model on DeFi. You, you obviously can't believe that it's a bubble. Well, uh, usually like when certain technology shows up and it's very disruptive, like people have no deep and clear understanding of it. That's like one. But the second one it takes time for the adoption to happen. Like people just cannot jump on a certain like technology in like one month. And what usually happens is this like exuberance where people are like, yeah, this is the next big thing. We have to jump on it. And then like, since we are people, we're overdoing it. And that's how bubbles are formed. So I do believe that we got to like um, this bubble point, but as we've seen for the past like few weeks, like, it's slowly, you know, going down in terms of uh, hype, which is great, uh, which means the bubble will not be like a huge one. And then like we have like minus 90%. So we'll go to like multiple small, smaller cycles. And uh, I think the people who are in this landscape already understood this. Uh, as we know what happened with Bitcoin, it went from like 1,000 to, to 20,000 in a single bubble. And this was not very good because the whole landscape kind of like had the reputation tarnished. And I believe with with the DeFi landscape, we're just starting. And I believe that it's not going to be like a one big bubble, but we'll go through like multiple, multiple smaller cycles. Plus this time the landscape is fully focused on product, products which are use, useful to the, to the users from day one. And uh, this landscape learned a lot of mistakes from the previous, you know, hypes and bubbles. And it's getting more mature both from like uh, investors as well as from like uh, 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 programmers point of view. Uh, and yeah, I, I believe that it is in a bubble, but not like a bubble that uh, used to be like two years ago or three years ago. That's great insight. Now talk to the entrepreneurs out there. Those with a crazy idea in their head about starting a business, 
What should they expect? I mean, what are the hours it's going to take to build a business? Well, you need uh, certain skill sets in order to be able to jump into this landscape. And it ha- basically has like certain barrier of entry. So you require really like two things, or one or the other or both. So one is you need to be passionate about like new technologies, try to understand them, try to like, uh, you know, understand that the way the technology sector works is there all of these buzzwords, but try to like, you know, take them away and understand for what it is. Uh, that's that's the first thing. And the second one is you, ha- you need to be passionate about finance and fintech and uh, you have to have ideas uh, what and, and not just idea, but ideas, but also insights of what doesn't work right now in the system and basically how can you improve it? And how do we learn more how about to solve, how to solve? And how do we learn more about refinance? Yeah, so um, uh, you can go on our website. You can uh, read what it is about. We have the light paper also published. Uh, we also have a great community uh, on Telegram where we discuss like new developments of the projects. Uh, we are partnering with different projects, which is very exciting for this landscape because all of those projects are about composing and integrating on top of each other. So even if you don't, for example, as, as an entrepreneur, back to the previous question, basically, even if you don't, um, uh, know the whole spectrum of finance, but you know, like a certain point, feel free to jump because the way the whole landscape works is we are composing and and taking from each other and integrating with each other. Like there is no like IP intellectual property here where you you must not do this because someone else did it. Just feel feel free to take whatever is open out there and built on top. Thank you so much for sharing your story on the Bitcoin.com podcast. Thanks, Dustin. It was a pleasure talking to you. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins.